Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Yeah, hold in your thoughts. <laughs> hold in your thoughts, guys. Hello, hello, besties. What's up, besties? Happy summer. Happy summer. I'm drinking hot coffee. This is my problem in the summer. Every time I order coffee, I'm just ordering my regular, and they're they like, give you iced. Ice. You're like, no, no, no. See, I like my whole hot thing coffee is, on a hot day. if you are a hot coffee drinker, you should be able to just say hot, just say coffee. And if yeah. someone wants iced, they should specify iced. I agree. Like we're the default. We just assume, yeah, assume that coffee is hot. It is hot when it comes out. I know people go hot. You have to add ice. I'm like, look, lady, (laughs) the right way. But it's funny. I actually have a client. A shout out to Tina Carrots and Cake. She drinks iced coffee year round. Like she lives in Boston Mm. and drinks iced coffee Mm. in the winter. I'm like, you're a savage. Boston. Wow. Anyway, but I'm with you. Hot coffee. You're in Vegas. I'm in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. About to go to Costa Rica, and I will probably now download that book and listen to it on the plane. Oh, it's a, it's a red eye. No, I won't. No, you're gonna I'll go to sleep. Um, but, that's cool. Where are you guys going, and why are you going? Um, my friend Elizabeth, who's been on the podcast, she has a retreat, oh, cool. her mastermind. So she asked me to come and do a little helping. I've I've been on a lot of her retreats, and so it's her mastermind, and um, and I think she oversold it, so she had a couple extra room spots or whatever so she's like if jeff wants to come too so he's just gonna hang out and like oh nice do his own thing while i'm there <laughs> so yeah we're going for a week and nice. it'll be fun a lot of female entrepreneurs and doing some you know female entrepreneur shit that you're only allowed to know when you go that's it it's a secret y'all <laughs> get a good a ticket to know to get on the inside yep well that'd yep. be fun well i'm glad we're getting this in yeah before you leave yeah and I'll, um, but I was thinking I'll download a book or something. I'll download the David Goggins podcast, which we mentioned on the last episode. Uh, I need something to listen to yeah. on those travel days. We've listened to like several books. We listened to the Tom Segura book. Oh, you know, it was really good. The Trevor Noah book. Ooh, it's, that's been on my list. Yeah, it's so good. I was like, not sure I would really actually care for it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's basically like stories from a South African childhood. So mm. it's all, it's his entire life up till the time he's like 20. And um, Interesting. it is wild because i'm not like really a history person you know so i was like am i gonna have to like know about like south african history i mean he talks about it a little bit but he's he's so funny and he's it's a wild story i really enjoyed it a lot that's good to know did you see the arnold schwarzenegger documentary i think it's on netflix series yeah yeah it was really good did you listen to his book his biography no, so I listened I don't think to I, did. The, I listened to his biography a couple of years ago because Dan Coleman was like it was one of the best biographies I've ever read, um, mm. and it's wild. It's literally like it's this thick. It's like a massive yes. book, and um, so I listened to it. I think the whole book is twenty four hours actually on like double mm. speed, <laughs> and um, so it was cool to just now see the documentary. Basically, it was everything I'd already known from the book, but it was cool to see it yeah. the documentary. Yeah, that that dude's life is wild. It's so wild. It's so he, cool to see someone who's like we just talked about in the last episode commit to something and follow through. And he even said in the documentary, he was like, I had a vision and I basically was just all of my decisions 
in my life were based on the vision that I had in my head of where I was going. And I was like, wow. I know. Talk about discipline. Dude. And it's just so crazy, too, to be a person from a whole other country to make it in the United States with the accent he had, with the just everything that seems like it would be against him. He just made it work. I'm like, that. he just had the charisma. He had the fucking discipline for sure. Yeah, that was, it was really cool. I'm like, Arnold, you are a cool dude. I only had one question, and this doesn't have to be answered here, and you might know. But in the documentary, he, I guess when he split with his wife, they were in a counseling session and she just flat out asked him if Joe was his son, which was a kid that it was his son. Anyway, I want to know, Joe, I think at the time was 12 or 14 or something. What made her suddenly ask that? If the affair was still going on or whatever. Anyway, that was just the one question in my mind um, that I've been wanting to research. He talks about in the, in the book, but I don't, I don't remember the reason why. I think it was literally just because he was starting to look like him. Like, I really think mm. it was. Because if you see him, he works out at Gold's Gym in Venice, too. Yeah. And if you see his Instagram, like, he looks like Arnold. <laughs> like Interesting. He, so I think maybe that was why. Okay. Yeah. I was like, did someone just say something out of the blue? Or she had been holding it in for 12 years and then she couldn't stand it and just ask? I mean, but... that's an example of... A couple who didn't survive infidelity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. For sure. It's a lot. Well, this episode has nothing to do with that. (laughs) Um, We're actually going to talk about uh, injury. We kind of had, we were, we had an episode, uh, just a few episodes back on dealing with a partner who has had an injury or illness, but we had someone write in who's been dealing with an injury and kind of just dealing with the mindset, the body image stuff, not being able to work out as much as she wanted to. Her body's changing a little bit. She can't do everything she wants to do. And Jill and I have both struggled with different things, similarly an injury and or like adrenal fatigue. And I was paralyzed at one point. Um, And so we just wanted to talk about that because if you are an active person, it is likely that at some point in your career of activity and working out and if you're an athlete or not that you're going to not be able to do that for a little while whether you have you got really sick and you got to take time off or if you get injured and you got to take time off or an accident or something Mm -hmm. and that quite honestly can mess with your head Mm -hmm. especially if you really identify as someone who is an active person or an athlete and like this is what you do or this is like your stress reliever you go to the gym every day for your mental health and suddenly you can't do that thing and it's taken away it does mess with your mind it messes with your brain just in that identity aspect and then it can also mess with your mind with you see your body changing mm-hmm. and you're you feel like you're losing gains or you feel like you're gaining weight and you're looking in the mirror and you just don't like what you're seeing and so kind of wanted to talk about that mindset of how do you deal with an injury or an illness and getting through that while you're getting yourself better so you can get back to where you want to be so i will start by saying that this was a massive um, incentive and drive for me to get out of the gym as a personal trainer, because when you're a full-time personal trainer and I was teaching probably about 12, 10 to 12 fitness classes a week, I was very much like, this is my entire livelihood. Like Mm. if anything happens to me, this is all of my income. Like I only get paid if I can teach these classes. I can only get paid if I can be in the gym training these clients and showing them the exercises. And that was a massive, and I started by just diversifying, right? I started diversifying by getting into online coaching and and stuff like that. But I, I will say that it can be very scary if it is, I have a client right now, Jen Kirsch, who is now online, but she does her workouts just like an app and she does her like fitness workouts for her clients. She's 52 years old, I think. And, um, 
she just tore ACL. And so Mm. she hit me up and was like, so I can't do these follow along workouts anymore for my clients. You know, how else should I do them? I can't perform the workouts and stuff. And so she's come up with a way to do it through, you know, having like a surrogate trainer and some videos on trainerize and some other stuff. But it can be something that, like you mentioned, not, not only can it be your identity, it can be your income, which is very scary. And it's not, it's not to say, and I think for both of those things, my point will be the same, which is you need to diversify the ways, like you need to diversify, period. So I'll just share my story. I dislocated my shoulder a little bit over two years ago. I hit a tree when I was snowboarding. We talked about it on the podcast back then. And um, so my, it was my left shoulder. Luckily, it was not my dominant hand. But I remember I hit up our friend Shantae, who's a physical therapist, and she's like, it's probably going to be like, you know, probably at least 12 weeks of not using it. And I remember just feeling massive gratitude, massive gratitude because I wasn't in a position that I had been in 10 years prior, which was my entire physique. Number one, my entire physique is based on how much exercise I can do. Now I'm like, yeah. cool, I don't even actually need to do upper body to like maintain my, my physique and, and have my clothes zip right up and whatever. But the second thing was it also wasn't my identity anymore. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I need my body to look a certain way so that I get validation or I feel affirmed or I feel approved of or that I make money or whatever. So I think number one is maybe don't put all of your eggs in one basket. So if you feel like your body is your billboard, you feel like your body is the way that you uh, you know, find affirmation in the world, then where, what other ways can you feel affirmed in the world? Is it because you have a job that you love, you're impacting the lives of people, you are, you know, starting a business, you're creating something bigger than yourself. Maybe it's your family, right? Maybe it could be having kids or, you know, your relationship or education or getting another degree or something else so that when this one piece gets sort of messed up, it's not like your entire world implodes. And so I think the affirmation piece is, is key. And I will say for me, I felt just immense gratitude that I was like, hey, I don't even have to do everybody for 12 weeks and I can still, my clothes can still fit. Now, will I atrophy my muscle? Sure. And I did. I definitely lost muscle in my upper body a little bit. I definitely lost strength, but I also knew it was transient. And that was a big piece of it too, was going, I know this is transient. The weights aren't going anywhere. This is a long life. There's plenty of time for me to get back after it when I'm healthy. And that was another big thing that really kept me going through the injury. You had a really great perspective, and I think that is what helped you too because a couple of the things you said is like, I knew this was transient, and I think that's what, when you're younger, you feel like, oh my God, this is going to take so long. It feels like forever. It feels like you're never going to get back, and the truth is it is transient. You will get your body back. You will get everything back, and yes, you're going to lose some gains that you've made in strength or endurance or possibly even gain some pounds that you need to lose again, but it's like you can't nothing's ever irreversible time yeah yeah. but I get like what she's saying and maybe what you were saying too is you get to the point where you're like I've worked so hard yes to get to this so you feel like Mm -hmm. if I can't keep it up I'm going backwards Mm -hmm. and that can be really depressing for sure I think it's not true but I think it can be really the the it can be depressing well you made some really good points too about getting ahead of making this making your body not your identity and I think that's really important too and I think that's often the blessing of having this happen to you as much as it sucks 
whoever's listening to this and maybe going through through it at the moment and if you had told me this at the time when I was like stopping with my adrenal fatigue I was so pissed I did not want any of it and it took me a few years to really see the benefit and to really appreciate what I went through but I will say long term there are some amazing lessons in an injury in finding your worth outside of your body what you can do and what you look like there is so much freedom in finding worth and identity outside of your body and out said what what your body can do and what it looks like. When I was um, 22 years old, I got paralyzed. I was in uh, I was an acrobat at SeaWorld and my identity was in being an athlete and an acrobat mm. and I couldn't walk. And so I was so depressed because my my degree was also in physical education. So that wasn't really helpful. Mm. I couldn't lean on my degree to use after <laughs> not being an acrobat. I'm like, "Okay, now what do I do?" And I didn't have anything. There wasn't really the internet back then. I didn't have anything. And I remember I was going to go to this occupational rehab. They were going to send me to this place where basically occupational rehab is to learn new skills, to help you learn something that you don't already use, right? So I was like, I'm going to have to learn how to type and be a fucking secretary. Like, this is not what I want to do with my life. And ultimately, I started to learn new things. And then I was able to walk again. And it took it took over a year. Um but that time off gave me the same insight that you had, which is I cannot rely on my work to only be like relying on my body. Because if I ever get injured again, if I ever, if something like this ever happens again, I don't want to lose all my income or what I do. So when I became a personal trainer, that was also something that was in the back of my mind is I need to find other ways to make money because if I get injured, if I get sick, if I get ill, I'm not going to be able to train people. And that's why going online for me also um was a piece of my like I guess strategy so I think there's it's like take a look at this and just ask and as silly as it is and is like like shut the fuck up Danny (laughs) like what are the lessons here for me what can I do like what else can I do when I was really really struggling with adrenal fatigue and my body just was like f you and I gained 30 pounds in two months and it was just like everything I was doing was Everything I was doing right was, quote, like doing, quote, right was not working. I just stopped and I quit working out and I quit following the strict diet. And I found this book called Working Out, Working Within. Pretty sure that's what it's called. And you can look this up. And it was really helpful for me because I couldn't work out. And so it was like I had to work on the mindset stuff. And I started focusing. I would spend two to three hours a day at the gym. And now I had two to three hours in my schedule. (laughs) Completely free. Really to do, yeah, to do something. So I spent that time reading and trying to work on the mindset so that I wasn't like, I should be at the gym right now. I should be on the stairs. I should be doing cardio. Like I had to really work through that shit. So this book really helped me kind of get into this um, figuring out what my internal worth was outside of Mm. what I could do. And I think that's the big, big lesson that you can learn when you have an injury or something that takes you out. And another thing it does is it helps you really appreciate your health and it helps you really appreciate your mobility. Not to say that we don't appreciate it when we don't have it, but you know, sometimes it does take a little bit of jarring. And I will also say this, you got to get your mind right because some injuries take longer than others to heal. So you might be on this journey for a long time, like Jill would say, like, you got to relax into it. And sometimes you may never get back what you lost. You could have a really bad uh, injury or break or accident that you're never able to get back what you lost. 
And you've got to get your mind right around that. Otherwise, you're going to be very, very miserable, constantly thinking about what you used to be able to do, what you should be doing. I had to get my mind right about not being able to do pretty much anything I did when I was paralyzed. And I got very lucky and that I could almost do nearly anything I did before. But that wasn't necessarily guaranteed for me. And I had to get my mind right around it first. And so had I still been like using a walker to this day, I think I'd like to believe that I would have a good mindset around it because I had already gotten to a point of acceptance Mm. of where I was. Yeah, I, I love that so much. And it's such a good example because there's so many things. It, it really teaches you to be resourceful and mm. be like, what else is on the menu? You know, like I think about we had this woman right in, uh, maybe it was a couple of years ago. And she said, I'm 40. I think she was maybe 38. And she said, you know, I'm single and I really want a child. And I feel like the window is closing and I just can't see not having a kid. I feel like that's like the my like job in the world. And I'm so depressed because I feel like my life is not worth anything if I don't, I'm not a mom. And we did that episode. And I remember thinking when one, I hate to say it, like when one door shuts, like another door opens, but it kind of is that. It's kind of like what else is on the menu, right? Like I hate that for somebody because if you're like, I love exercise or I'm an elite athlete or I want to be a mom or there are just always going to be circumstances where maybe that's not in the cards for you. And there's like nothing you can do about it. You have an injury. You literally can't exercise on it. You can't like run on it. You can't do whatever, you know? And I mean, there are obviously a lot of ways to have a baby at this point. It doesn't have to be traditionally like, you know, with a partner and in a committed relationship and you know, whatever, but you have to look at what else is on the menu. And then when you do, you have to really own that decision and be like, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm on this different path. What does that look like? You know, my client who, ironically, my client who got her HOTOR ACL and she had to get out of these like, you know, follow along workouts. I'm like, I wanted you out of those anyway. <laughs> like, I'm like, actually, right. this is a good thing. Like, I want you phasing out of doing these like hour long live workouts with your clients like on Zoom anyway. So like, let's iterate to the next level and kind of look at it like, this is a next level for you to level up. Not like it's a worse, like, oh, it's a, a consolation prize. You just have to do nothing now, right? It's like, what other level can I go to? I see it as like that. Let's gamify it. Let's go like, how can I be resourceful? How can I be resilient? What else is on the menu? How am I going to spend this time? Like you said, having two or three hours a day of not doing cardio. Gosh, what? There's so many other things that you could dedicate that time to, to become a, a, you know, a higher level individual or to evolve yourself in some way. And you have to then make that. I think there's a lot of power in making that decision and really owning then the new path and going like, cool, what else is on the menu over here? I haven't even looked at it, but there might be some really cool stuff over here. So it builds resiliency, builds resourcefulness, and diversifies your aff- the ways in which your affirmation. And hey, you might learn a new skill. Who knows? Yeah. If you had never become paralyzed, your life would be completely different. You went into personal development. You went into business. You wanted to use a personal trainer. Like you probably wouldn't have had all the, any of that stuff had you, you know, had that not happened to you. And it's hard to say that looking back, I'm sure in the moment it's devastating. And the person who wrote in and asked about this, I'm sure is in a devastated state right now. So it's hard to give advice like, oh, just find something else. But like really at the end of the day, it really is find something else. <laughs> like yeah, that's the, yeah. the, that's the, uh, what's it called? That's the uh, punchline. Right. I I think there's some benefit into having acceptance of where you are, knowing and knowing that you're not going to be there forever 
And accepting it doesn't mean that you're stuck there. It doesn't mean like this is where I'm going. And I'm thinking about, you know, maybe women who've just had a a baby, right? So let's say you just gave birth. I, I have a friend who just gave birth about four weeks ago. And she was like, oh, I still have this flap over my uh, C-section scar. I'm like, you just, like, yes, you do. You just gave birth four weeks ago. Your stomach has not gotten flat already. It will not. And like that fast. And you, you're not even cleared to work out anyway. You literally had a surgery. You just had a baby. Even if you, if you had the baby vaginally, you'd still need to wait six weeks. So we have to be patient with where we are in the moment. And so it's, you know, sometimes with a baby, I think some women are really good at this because they can compartmentalize and go, I know I got six weeks. I'm not even going to think about it. But some women are like this injury and or having a baby are like, okay, now I want my body back right away. And it's like, just just be patient. Six weeks is not a long time. 12 weeks is not a long time. Even a, even a year. If it takes you a year to get something, like to get to achieve a goal, to get back you know, to lose a few pounds that you've put on, it's really not that long. Like life is long so life. long. And you'll look back and go, oh, yeah, that injury, yes, it, did, it was eight months, but it only took me a couple months to get back and it, it wasn't that bad. And it does feel bad in the moment. And sometimes we're just so uncomfortable because of where we want to be. But I, it's almost like we have to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting as athletes is we're really good at pushing ourselves and being uncomfortable in, in ways that we want to. But this is really, I think, more about control. And you're not in control of it. And so you get really uncomfortable with being out of control. And that is probably the place where the lesson is, is what is your relationship with control? Mm. And how can you get really, how can you get comfortable with recognizing you don't have control of this right this moment and you're going to have to release and surrender that because that that's just I I think I probably think that that's the piece that is the the struggle right because it's not about being uncomfortable like the body like let's say you gain 30 pounds you're like I'm really uncomfortable because I gained 30 pounds are you uncomfortable because you gained 30 pounds are you uncomfortable because you can't control it right now and you do about it you feel like you're just feeling helpless Mm -hmm. but also that's also part of this conversation which is Mm -hmm. you know a little bit of a cautionary tale started off the podcast saying don't use exercise to maintain your weight like that's not a weight management tool, right? Like that's, sure. you know, find other ways to, you know, for cardiovascular benefit or for strength building or to, you know, feel good or feel like a badass and like those things. But if you're using it, like I have to exercise this many days and minutes and hours in order for my clothes to fit, we probably have to look at your metabolism a little bit more, like, right? Like just looking from a, a practical mm-hmm. standpoint. And that was, I think, what my point was with dislocating my shoulder. I was like, I don't need to be doing a whole bunch of exercise in order to have my clothes just zip right up because I'm not relying on exercise for that anymore. And of course I was years ago and I really did. And and you mentioned control had a massive control issue with, I need to do this many minutes in the gym or else something really bad's going to happen. I'm going to gain weight. I mean, even look at it that way. Like let's break that down. Even let's say you gain weight, right? Let's say you gain five pounds, 10 pounds. Let's say you have to go up in a you know, pair of pants or something like what really is the problem? Like what really is the problem? Like really, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, oh, I dislocated my shoulder. I'm about to gain 50 pounds right now. If you do, that's, that's not about your injury. That's about something going on here. Mm. Reality is eating mindfully, moderately. Maybe you gain five pounds, seven pounds, 10 pounds max. Your life doesn't actually change. 
You know, it's like not like your life doesn't actually change. It also doesn't mean to your point, you can't eventually lose that and be even fucking in better shape because maybe yeah. now you're paying attention to your metabolism. You have a metabolism that's more responsive, that's more flexible, that's more, that like actually responds when you exercise because you're not overdoing it. And so when I think about for me, when I was like, I need to do three hours of cardio or I can't even look at a carb or I gain weight, that's a fragile metabolism. Of course I gain weight because I'm holding it this tightly versus yeah. being like, it's okay to take a couple of days off. It's okay to have a couple slices of pizza. It's okay to, and you teach your body that it's, that it's okay to stay the same regardless of the inputs. And so I think we can even have the conversation around just like, you know, metabolism in general and how you can get it to the point where your metabolism doesn't rely on a shitload of exercise all the time. It's such a good point because I, I have trained myself now to be that way. Thank goodness. Right. <laughs> Since the pandemic, I've not exercised very much. And luckily, I have not been all over the place with my with But your my meta- weight over and you last. even said like your appetite's yeah. gone down a little bit, yeah. right? Like your your metabolism yep. is really intelligent. So that yep. I would even look at it that way. I remember when I was really trying to bring my exercise obsession I went to Europe for nine weeks and I just said, I'm not exercising. I'm just going to figure it out. And my appetite went way down and I was walking a lot and I was sleeping great. And I was like, and I literally came back same size, a little bit softer because I wasn't lifting weights. And I was like, okay, like I can do this. It is, the body is really smart. You can trust yourself. And so I think, you know, you see those, it's, it's good to create a show of evidence that your metabolism does adjust when you take down your exercise a little bit, you know, I was so floored that my appetite went down because I was always starving. Yeah. And yep. I remember being like, wow, actually, I barely have a, an appetite probably because I'm not exercising two, three hours a day. Yeah. Interesting, too. I was thinking back to when I was paralyzed and my issue wasn't around body um, because I actually lost too much weight um, because my muscle was atrophying. I remember looking at my thighs and they looked kind of like an anorexic person's mm. thighs because my muscle just atrophied. And that scared me. I got down to like 113 pounds and I was probably around 130 um, when I when the incident happened. So and I was very fit and very, very lean at 130. So to get down to 115, I looked I looked ill. And so it was a different mm. mindset of like looking too skinny, but my whole fear was that identity of I was an acrobat, I was an athlete, and now I can't walk, and now I can't do anything. And so me not doing anything means I'm a nobody and I'm a nothing. Mm. So I think there's a couple pieces in here that someone could pull out of here is if your issue is around identity. It's like, what else can you do? What else are you good at? Um, You know, people are not necessarily just valuing you for your body and what it can do. And then the other part is possibly the control. And then the third, I guess there's three. And the third part is the metabolism. So I think there's a lot of things in here more than I thought this conversation would end up. (laughs) So I'm actually, I really like this. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, hopefully some of these things will help and give you some things to think about whether or not this um, is relevant to you in this moment because you're injured or, or postpartum or might be in the future or maybe you're working with clients who are struggling with some of this and maybe these are some conversations you can have with them yeah you know i think most people who are active are going to have some sort of injury i mean most people period are gonna have an injury you know it's funny because i actually think most people who like my client who tore acl did it like picking up something like it wasn't even or like fell it's off always, like a stair or something like it wasn't exercising <laughs> so it's always the stupid I think stuff. it's like, gonna be I think all of us are gonna have to deal with this at some point yeah. I hope you don't you know snowboard into a tree because that wasn't really that fun but <laughs> or become paralyzed from the waist down 
Yeah. But, you know, I think most of us are going to have to deal with this at some point. I think there's value in all of the things that we talked about. So thanks for asking this question. Um, would love to hear your take on it, you guys. If you have had this experience, or you're currently having this experience, what were some tools or some strategies or even insights that you had? Because I think most of us will have this experience at some point. Uh, would love to hear about it in the Facebook group. Our Facebook group has been steadily growing. You guys can go to thebestlifepodcast.com and click on the link to join our free Facebook group. Get in there. Get the conversation going. Send us a message if you have something you would love for us to riff on. We're always looking for new ideas and where you guys are, where your heads are at. And uh, that's all we got for you. That's all. We'll see you on the next episode. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.